0: Welcome to Grace Community Church on Demand, the weekly podcast from the Sunday services at Grace Community Church in Rupert, Idaho. Here at Grace, we believe in building the kingdom of God one person at a time. We're passionate about loving God, loving people, and following Jesus. Let's get into this week's message with Pastor Travis Turner.
1: Amen. All right. So, if you've uh if you've got your Bibles, you can go ahead and turn your Bibles to the book of Mark chapter four, Mark chapter four. And uh, that's where we're gonna be spending a little bit of time this morning. We're gonna be jumping around to some different places also. But last week I had shared with you, and we're just gonna kinda continue this, and these are all like one-offs, but I'm finding that they're fitting together. And um, last week we talked about uh, Mark chapter four and verse one, it says, then Jesus was led by the Spirit, into the wilderness to be tempted by the devil and to where I would say, sign me up, said no man. This doesn't seem like a real fun place to be. And last week we really nailed that certain tests are required and they come because we have to pass those tests in order for God to elevate us or promote us on to what is next. Next. Now I encourage you if, you, if you missed last week's message, make sure and go back and check that out. Here, Jesus is hungry. He'd been fasting for how many days and nights? 40 days and nights, and, and he's out in the wilderness, and Satan says, listen, if you really are who you said you are, you know, the Son of God, the fullness of God manifests in the flesh, then turn these stones into bread. And basically Jesus responded, but what he was saying, and the reason why he didn't turn those stones into bread, I believe, is because Jesus understands something that a lot of people don't understand today, and that is this, that whoever feeds you controls you. So we need to make sure that we're feeding, you know what I'm saying, off of the Lord and off of God's word and all things that are good concerning to God. If you go down to verse five, the story kind of continues. He's still out in the wilderness and still being tempted and tried by the devil. And verse five says this, then the devil took him to the holy city and he set him on a pinnacle of the temple and said, if you are the son of God, there it is again, if, if you are who you say you are, if you are the son of God, then throw yourself down for it is written, I will command His angels concerning you, they will bear you up, lest you strike your foot against the stone. And I want you to just pause right there for a second. Don't miss this, that Satan knows how to quote scripture. Satan knows scripture. He doesn't maybe know a lot of it, and he might not know it as well as some of you know it. But I can promise you this, that Satan knows scripture more than Some of you know it. And so, if we go back to the first one, you know, man does not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceeds out of the mouth of God, like you better be a person that is a student of God's word. Because you can bet, if Jesus is gonna get challenged by the word, and he's gonna combat the challenge through the word, you can bet that you're going to be challenged by the word from Satan himself. Jesus said to him again, it is written, you shall not put the Lord your God to the test. On Wednesday nights, we've been having such a fun time. I don't know if anybody else is having a fun time, but I'm having a fun time leading a, 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 a Wednesday nights. It's called parenting through the phases. And, It is absolutely impossible for me to teach this course parenting through the phases without doing two things without number one evaluating how well or poorly i did raising my children and um and that's just something that you can't get away from but But the other thing that I've been doing is I've been going back to my childhood a lot because of parenting through the phases. You evaluate how you were raised and how you raise your kids. And and so I've been spending a lot of time in my memories. And um, some of the time that I've been spending in my memories was whenever I was living for a period of time in Baker City, Oregon. I was born and raised in Twin Falls and At the age of one year old, my parents had divorced. My mom had moved to Baker City, Oregon. And and that's where I've got just some beautiful, beautiful memories of my childhood. Up until I think I was nine years old, we lived in Baker City. I think it's interesting they call it a city, but, you you know, to each their own. But one of the some of the fondest memories that I had was it, it all revolved around BMX bikes. I can remember today. You know, I can't remember exactly how old I was, but I have a brother that's four years older than I am, and and he was old enough to walk down into Baker City, the city, the the the, the massive city of Baker, and go to the bike shop and. And buy a purchase a, a a BMX bike, and it was a mongoose bike. and I don't know if you you know what I'm saying. like it wasn't a red line, but it was a mongoose. You know, red lines were like a little bit better, and but we got a chance to share this bike, and it had just meaty, knobby tires, and it just had everything that was cool for a kid to have. And I remember standing out on the corner you know, waiting for my brother to come down the road. And I saw him way off into the distance and he's pedaling that bike. He's pedaling our bike. He might've thought it was his, but it was our bike. And anyway, I started riding that bike every single place. And in in Baker City, you know, um, they, they had come out with, right at that time, Baker City BMX Racing. Now remember, the track was was out by the out kind of by the freeway and and it was a real legitimate track where you got the gate that drops and everybody you know it starts uphill and or going downhill and and then there's whoops and curves and jumps and everything else and anyway when i look back at my bmx experience in baker city oregon it's filled with great memories and also some not so great memories some of the great memories was winning trophies because I was the fastest kid in my age group on that mongoose BMX bicycle. And, um, and I did really, really well, and that was super exciting. But some of my bad memories had to do with, I was really good at a few different things. I was really good at pulling up wheelies and riding wheelies for a long period of time. And I was also really good at jumping, and we'll talk about that in a second. But I remember one time, this was a bad memory. I don't know if my brother just like changed the tube of the tire or whatnot, but I pulled up a wheelie, and I'm riding the wheelie, and in the middle of the wheelie, the front tire falls off of the bike. Now, imagine yourself in this situation. I mean, there's no, there's no, there's no good ending to it. I mean you can only ride the wheelie so long and then you got to put it down and when you put it down (laughs) it's not pretty and that's exactly what happened i was really really good at jumping i was just saying i don't know if it was because i i kind of knew how to flow with the bike i became one with the bike i don't know if it was it was i just knew how to get the springs going whenever you know at the right time when i would hit the hit the ramp. I don't know if it was, it was because I was able to lift the front tire and then also, you know what I mean? At the right time, bring the back tire up to land. I don't know what it was, but I was better at jumping than kids much older than I was. So we started with the metal plate just in my yard. We'd get going down the road and we would jump this. It was just a metal plate and nothing special, but it it had kind of a ramp and then You know part of the metal plate would just hold up the front end and and i'm just telling you man i could just catch crazy air jumping into my yard much more air and distance than most of the other kids so next thing you know somebody had this bright idea it's like listen let's jump the creek it's like that sounds cool you know so we we made a slope going up one side and and jumped the creek and by the time we were done man we were We were just clear in the creek, no problem, but only half of the kids had the gumption or the guts to jump the creek to even try to see if they would be successful in making this jump. And so I was having super fun, like I was, this was exhilarating and it was fun and and I enjoyed the challenge, but then somebody had the great idea of going down the creek a little bit further where it widened out quite a bit more. And just quickly as a kid I'm thinking you know there are a couple of times that I've been able to jump that metal jump and jump the creek where we're currently jumping the creek and I think I've made the distance and so and so I I said I'll do it Now once again I was having fun and I loved the challenge but I want you to know that one of the big reasons why I signed up to do all of the things that I did first, it's because I was looking for validation from my peers. See, I found quickly at a young age that if I did certain things that most people would not be willing to do, then somehow, some way, like they would appreciate the efforts, even if the effort didn't work out really well. And so here I am, hungry for attention and I jump up and everybody's like, "Travis will do it. Travis will do it." You like, I'm like, "Yes, I will. I'll do it." So we built the ramp and 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 like I said, I, I you know, for there would be moments where I was like, "I got this." Other moments like, "What am I doing? This is stupid. Crazy. Can't back out of it now." And man, I just, I, I just got going, but I was hesitant as far as my speed goes. I was questioning as I approached the ramp, and, and man, I got great lift. You know what I'm saying? Everything was going good, but I didn't have enough speed. Just a little bit more speed, and I would have made it, but a little bit less speed like I had, things turned out terribly. I mean, this is really kind of what it looked. I hit the top of the bank on the other side, The energy that I had going literally flipped me, flipped the back end up on the bike and I went over holding on to the handlebars a little bit too long. And then what I'm doing now is I'm in a face dive with my hands back here and I hit my chest. The momentum continues to carry me forward. I roll up on my face and then all of a sudden I feel my feet in front of my face as I'm dragging my face to a stop in the dirt. Only to jump up and say, "I'm okay." There was nothing okay about the situation. I had a mouth, I had a mouthful of mud. I may have chipped a tooth. Every every inch of my body was hurting but I had something to prove. Matthew four, here he is, Jesus, and I think most of us would come to a place of, of just agreeing that Jesus in a pla- is in a place that he should not be. In, in our right minds, like he shouldn't be in the wilderness being tempted by the devil. It makes no sense. I'm thinking this, like where was Jesus's grandma that said, listen, don't go messing with the devil you know what I'm saying like I grew up with with my mom and my grandmother specifically saying listen people mess with the devil don't be a person that messes with the devil Ouija boards were big when I was growing up and it was just this goofy little thing that you could buy you know what I'm saying in a store What powers in something so goofy like that? But grandma said, don't go messing with the devil. Stay away from Ouija boards. I still stay away from Ouija boards. I think that's some of the foolish things that, you know, people can do. Uh, Don't go messing with the devil. Don't look into the mirror. Some of you will know what I'm talking about. And say some ridiculous chant looking for, you know, something to pop up and scare you. Grandma said, don't go messing with the devil. So I never did that. You know, staying over and 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 hanging out with your buddies, it's late at night. People would want to do that. I'm like, you go ahead. I'm staying here. I'm not, I'm not gonna mess with the devil. And so here's Satan pressuring Jesus at the top of a cliff saying, basically, you can do it. You got this. I believe in you. Come on, let's go. It's messing with the devil. See, Jesus is just beginning his ministry. Last week, we talked about from the age of 12 to the age of 30 years old. Come on, we don't hear anything about Jesus. We don't see anything about Jesus. And for these 18 years, like he's off of the grid. He's being hidden. And John is out in the wilderness you know baptizing people and he's saying listen the one that comes after me is greater than I am I'm not even worthy to to buckle the sandals that are on his feet he's out baptizing me and then all of a sudden Jesus shows up and and John is like this is the one that I've been talking about Jesus enters into the water John baptizes him. There's a wrestling match between those two. Uh, You know, I need to be baptized by you. No, 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 no. You need to baptize me. And, And he baptizes him. At the moment that Jesus is baptized, the dove, the Holy Spirit rests on that place, descends on that place. The heavens open up and there's a voice from heaven that says, this is my beloved son. Son, I'm so proud of you. And so this is the introduction after 18 years. This is the introduction after th- after hundreds of years of prophecy. You know what I mean? Looking towards this day, not only when Jesus was born 30 years ago, but this day when he steps into his calling, he's moving forward towards the cross, which is going to change everything. This is the moment of the great introduction. Matter of fact, I should have titled the message, The Great Introduction. This is that moment. And so you're thinking the dove comes down, the father's like, I'm so pleased. And all of a sudden, you know what I mean? They crown King Jesus and put a nice white robe on him. And he's like, here I am, you know, the savior of the world. I'm going to, I'm going to, you know, change the circumstances, the suffering that, my people have been struggling with for so many years, but that's not what happens. What happens is, is Jesus is led immediately into the wilderness, not by the devil, but by the Holy Ghost, by the Holy Spirit. He was led out into the wilderness to be tempted and tried by the devil. Why did this happen? It's the same reason I talked about last week, that before I can promote you, there has to be a test. Jesus doesn't take any shortcuts before God is going to be able to elevate you and promote you in life. You better be looking for the test. This isn't a free shot. Does anybody know? I want you to go back when you were a child. Does anybody know what a free shot is? A free shot is when you did something wrong to one of your friends and they would get a free shot. Like they would either punch you as hard as they can in the arm. You're like, okay, I'm ready. Just make sure you don't slip and hit me in the chin. Or what I appreciated more than anything, they're still there. They're just very well hidden. But I had strong abs. And so I'd be like, yeah, go ahead. Free shot. Hit me in the gut as hard as you want. Once again, one of those stupid things that... Whenever I was able to take it, it was for the wrong reason. It was for validation. Boy, Travis just has rocks. It's like a steel plate in there. (laughs) Yes, it is. Yes, it is. And even if it hurt, would I show it? No, I wouldn't. And so this wasn't a free shot. This was God using the devil to expose The heart of Jesus. Now listen, this was a a failure from the beginning because the heart of Jesus is the only pure heart that we've ever seen. And so a hundred times, a thousand times, a million times out of a million tests, Jesus is going to pass it. But what we can do is we can look at how Jesus was tempted how Jesus was tested and we can come to the understanding that man, if he's gonna be tempted and tested in this way, guess what, so are you. And so here's this, this God using the devil himself to expose the heart of the person and he still does it today. There are things that are yielded, the devil is yielded to do that God, the the things that the devil wants to use to destroy you, God will use for the good. There's never a free attack on your life. There's always a purpose, I believe, behind the attack. So here he is. He's, He's elevated with the devil to the top of the temple, which is overlooking the Kidron Valley. And so he's at the top of the temple, and he's on a cliff, and, and so he's literally 200 feet above everything, looking over the Kidron Valley. And Satan says, "Jump!" Now listen, this is this is a this is I'm gonna pass this test a thousand times out of a thousand times two. I think you would do the same. I ain't jumping. That, there's nothing tempting in that. I don't have a parachute. I don't have, you know what I mean? Even if there was water, I still wouldn't do it at the bottom. So I'm going to pass this test. But I want you to know this, that it's really not about the jump. It's really about Jesus' desire or need to prove who it was that he was. As we often need to do, prove who it is that we are. See, Noah built an ark. Why? Because the flood was coming. Abraham birthed the nation. Moses parted the Red Sea. Elijah calls down heaven's fire. David kills a giant. See, every prophet has shown his power. And so here the devil is like, if you really are who you say you are, begin to reveal the power by which you operate and function in. Prove it. See, prove it is really about insecurities. It's about our insecurities. When somebody says prove it, you're not wanting to do. There's really no desire to do, but there's been a challenge that has been placed on the table. And so even if everything on the inside is saying, no, 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 what comes out of your mouth is, I'll do it. It's really about insecurity and so if you live your life based on how it is that people see you you're never going to step into the fullness of the promises of God and there are many people even church people might even be one or two in this service this morning that you're very concerned how it is that you're viewed how it is that you're respected and, and God forbid somebody say something, you know what I mean, or do something that shows an ounce of disrespect because you're going to be the one that lines them out. Insecurity. You promote and you present, I'm a man's man. Nobody's going nobody's gonna to treat me like that. But let me tell you, the root the seed is your insecure and so you have to prove that you are who it is that you've built up in your head to be even if it thrusts you in to dangerous situation after dangerous situation this is not wisdom but this is the enemy dancing on your insecurity so three points real quick number one confidence Real confidence does not require validation. Real confidence doesn't require validation. You don't need people to come along and say, boy, you're just doing so good. You're just, real confidence from God does not require validation. We all love validation and validation is not a bad thing, but whenever that's why, that's the the motivation as to why it is that you're doing what you're doing. Come on, see, when you know who you are, You're not as concerned about acceptance. But the problem is, we're concerned about acceptance. Why would a kid jump a small creek? Why would a kid, you know what I mean, graduate and jump a big creek and almost make it? Why would a kid, I remember when I was just a kid, young kid, maybe 10 years old or so, going to Durkee's Lake, and everybody else is jumping the 30, 40, and 50-foot cliffs Looking over to the side, there's a 90-foot cliff and somebody said, I bet Travis wouldn't do that. As I'm walking up that 90-foot cliff, I know I'm in trouble because there's vegetation growing over the path, which means nobody, very few people walk this path. I'm thinking, man, every other cliff has 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 a real nice groomed trail where people are just walking and climbing and this is overgrown, I'm in trouble. Thank God I live through that. But why would somebody buy a truck that they can't afford? Oh, now it's different because I'm in your zip code. Let me say that again. Why would somebody buy a truck that they can't afford? Why would somebody buy a house that makes no sense, like 60%, 70% of your income is going towards paying off a mortgage? You're thinking, listen, it'll all work out. And even when people are giving you advice that this is the stupidest decision that you can make, now you really have something to prove because You want to do what you want to do, and you want to prove everybody wrong that said, don't do it. Many of our choices are birthed in needing to prove something to perform. And so God said to Abraham, listen, I'm going to make your name great. And if you look at Proverbs, the Bible says in 22 and verse one, I don't think you have it, but it says this, that a good name is to be chosen rather than great riches, loving favor rather than loving silver and gold. So listen, a good name is important, but what happens is, is like Satan always wants to give a shortcut to whatever it is that God's promised in your life. So God's going to get you there. But Satan comes along and says, listen, I'll get you there too, but you don't have to go through all these additional steps. See, the additional steps that we hate so much, God is using to create and develop our character so that when we get into place and position, we're able to sustain it and not lose it. And so what happens is if people get promoted, they step into ministry, they do whatever way too fast, and they don't have the character to sustain it, and then they lose it. So Satan is in the business of giving shortcuts. A pastor friend of mine, Scott Jones, down in uh, Houston, Texas, he told me, Travis, listen, if you're ever given an opportunity to take the stairs or the elevator, always take the stairs. It's dangerous Come on, when you you partner with the devil because now you're jumping cliffs and ditches that you have no business jumping. Like, listen, the double-double-dog dare you usually ends very badly. People that grew up in my day, you understand what the dare is. The double-dog dare. You know what I mean? Like, it's real serious when somebody says the double-double-dog dare. Usually you've said no to the previous two. But sometimes it's the double double dog daria that that almost kills you. And so it never is good. Satan knows scripture and he also knows how to spiritualize foolishness. Second Corinthians eleven fourteen. You happily put up with whatever anyone tells you, even if they preach a different Jesus than the one that we preach, or a different kind of spirit than the one that you've already received or a different kind of gospel than the one that you believe. See, there's two problems. The first problem is this. The first problem is is we usually don't listen to God enough. The second problem is is that when we make bad decisions or we want something, we typically blame God for it. This happens, I'm telling you, all the time. Trust me, I have many conversations with, with a lot of different people and one of these two things happens frequently. And so sometimes we have a desire to spiritualize bad decisions. How do we spiritualize a bad decision or spiritualize something that, 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 that we should not do? This is what we do. We say, God said, God said, true story. Over 50 times I've had a conversation similar to this with 50 different people in my tenure of of ministry somebody comes to me pastor 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 i really need to visit with you it's like like there's an urgency i have to sit down with you i need i need your time i need your i need your thoughts and so we'll sit down they'll begin to put out a plan that they desire to do and then this is how they qualify it they say god told me that this is what i'm supposed to do and 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 then they say this. (laughs) This is the one identifier that I know that God really didn't say. This is what they say. What do you think about it? (laughs) You know how foolish and ridiculous this sounds? God absolutely spoke to me that this is what I'm supposed to do. So so what do you think about it? (laughs) Like, I don't know if my mind is just different, but I'm like, listen, if you're so sure that God told you to do this, why are you wasting your time with me? It's most likely because God really didn't say it. And this is what happens. I'm telling you, this is what happens. When somebody is in this space or place and you share with them, man, I'm not feeling it. I I think you're all wet. I don't don't see it, but listen, who am I to question God, right? But I don't sense it. I don't feel it. The only way that they appreciate the conversation is if you support what they've already said they're going to do. That's the only way. All they're looking for is validation because they're unsure with what it is that they have heard. And so... Or they're un- maybe they haven't heard anything, they just have this desire in their heart. They can see a vision that doesn't come from God, but it's coming from, it's coming from me. And so listen, I need you to support what it is that I'm doing. So what are you saying? What I'm saying is, is that people sometimes, not all the times, not, not oftentimes, but sometimes they spiritualize their imagination. And when they are able to imagine something in themselves by putting the label, God said, it's just just like, who's going to argue with me? And I'm just telling you that there's there's bad fruit that comes so oftentimes with people that say that God said when all they're doing is spiritualizing their imagination. And so nobody's agreeing, you know, you're excited. Man, I can't wait to... You know what I mean? Marry this girl. The whole family is saying, don't marry the girl. The girl is not good. We don't feel good about this. Well, you just don't know. You're going to learn to love the girl. And then you're putting all this money into everything and you don't even get to the wedding day because the girl is off with somebody else. You know, you're looking to go into business with somebody and everybody's like, listen, business is good, but don't go into business with that person. Oh, you just don't know him or her like I know him or her. Don't do it. And then you do it most of the time because now you have something to prove. And now you're you're struggling to keep a business going that's not a good business and you're in partnership with the wrong person And so instead of saving part of the business by getting out of the business that you should have never been in the business in the first place, you're going to go down just like a captain does with this ship. I don't care if I lose everything. Man, you're just going to go down. Why? Because you said yes when when people that love you were saying no, but now you got to prove something. Why do you got to prove it? Insecurity. Insecurity. Number two is have confidence in the calling. Satan says, if you're the son of God, he's basically saying, prove it. How many times do we do the same? God, if you love me, you'll, hear, you'll, heal, you'll restore my marriage. God, if you love me, you'll heal my body. God, if you love me, fill in the blank." So we're always asking God to prove his love, and God is saying, listen, don't you realize that while you were a yet sinner, like while you were yet in your worst, I loved you so much that I sent my son to die on a cross, to bleed out on a cross, He was perfect in all that he did, all that he said, all that he was. And he laid down his life for you. And you're going to say, you're going to continue to come back to me and say, if you really love me, if you really love me, if you really love. I don't know if you've ever dated somebody that is insecure and their insecurity shows up in this way. It's like, listen, like last night, they said, do you love me? I love you, baby. I love you. First thing in the morning, do you really love me? I love you, baby. Come home from lunch, do you? I mean, like, really? Like, you're not just saying it, right? Like, do you love me? I love you so much! At night, I'm really kind of doubting you love do you? Do you love me? I'm feeling the love leave. <laughs> the love is kind of disappearing. What would cause somebody... You know what I mean? To question, to question, to question, to question, to question. Insecurities. And so, God loves you because of what he's done for you. So how can we become more secure? How much time do I have left? 9.57. Got to hurry? Got to hurry? How can I become more secure? Christians will tell you like the super spiritual Christians, this is what it looks like. How How can I just get more secure in the Lord? Listen, brother. You need to find the presence of God. Man, oh man. What you need is you need to sit at the feet of Jesus. First of all, it's like, where's that? <laughs> How do I find these feet that everybody's talking about? Because I've never, I literally have never seen the feet of Jesus. You know what I'm saying? Like I might be passing them by and, and, and not stopping And so that's the, that's like the, the spiritual answer. And it's a good answer because the presence of God is absolutely needed. But sometimes we overlook the practical going right towards the spiritual. And sometimes people are like, I'm just going to act like I know what he's talking about or she's talking about, because it seems like everybody else knows where the feet of Jesus is. I don't want to be the one that asks the question, where is this place? And so, I wanna give you something super carnal, but it's also very powerful. How do I increase security? You start winning. You start winning. You have to get some wins under your belt. This is why it's so important, I believe, personal opinion, why things like Like group activities and sports or clubs or things like that are important for children because they're going to learn what it feels like to lose. This is another crazy thing. I ain't got time for it too. But shame on my generation that even allowed everybody getting a trophy. It's the most ridiculous thing that I have absolutely ever heard because kids don't know how to, they don't know what it feels like to win because I'm just a winner and you haven't done anything to win anything. And they don't know how to handle themselves when they lose. Like there is a a developmental process that takes place When you leave the mat and you just got destroyed by somebody that was stronger, better, faster, and had more tools than you had. Like, how do you regroup from that and and say, you know what, I'm just going to work a little bit hard. I'm going to get better. I learned some things. And then the next thing you know, you go out and you win. That's a whole other message. But this is the deal, is, is that we have to teach our kids and celebrate Real wins when they win and highlight them because it builds confidence. You take a team that's going into the state playoffs. They've not lost a game ever. They go into that playoff game with some confidence that the other team doesn't have because they've got some losses and and, some, and losing is a wonderful, powerful tool as well. But if you're not confident, you got to get some wins under your belt. you got to help your kids to know what it's like to win and celebrate their real wins. When they come home with a report card that is absolutely amazing because of the work that they put in, don't just say, hey, good job. That was cool. That's what you should have done anyway. You know, you, you want something special? That's what you're supposed to do. Do something great and then I'll give you. And so people sometimes withhold the win. They're never celebrated. And so so that'll destroy confidence. You got a kid that's a 4.1, 4.2, 4.5 student, however high you can get. I was way down here in the twos, sometimes the threes. I'm talking about something I know nothing about but give them some wins, celebrate them. You know what I'm saying? Let them know that hard work pays off and and you're proud of them. And so Moses is called to deliver God's people. I gotta just, I'm just, I'm skipping that. I'm not even gonna talk about that. Boom, boom, going to the end. Like, listen, you guys are smarter than second service, right? I got to spend all this extra time with second service. I don't have to spend all that extra time with you, do I? I want you to realize this, that when you see a miracle, I want you to know that God is there. Check in second service. We're gonna talk a lot about Moses. Matter of fact, maybe that's the only thing we'll talk about in second service, but I don't know. I kind of like my BMX bike story, but. Travis, land the plane, land the plane. Yes, thank you, thank you. All right, so when you see a miracle, what I want you to know is God is there. And, um, and, and, and when, you, when you know that God is there and God has been with you, then when you're going to that interview to apply for a job that you're unqualified for, number one, you're not gonna feel the, the need, you know what I mean, to, 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 to lie so that you can get the job. You know that if this is the job that God has for you and you've, you've dressed properly for the interview and you've prepared for the interview and you're kind and courteous and you're confident in the interview, you know that if this is the job that you're supposed to have because God's going to open a door that no man can shut, and he also is in the business of shutting doors that no man can open then your confidence isn't in necessarily the person that is sitting on the other side of you like you're going to present yourself the very best that you can regardless because of who is inside of you not what's on the other side of the table and then all of a sudden you've got this great confidence that as you do your best if you're supposed to be here, even if there's 10 other people that have better qualifications and more experience and more education than you have, you're gonna hear something like this. We had a lot of we had a lot of people apply, and and let me just tell you, people that had more experience than you had, but you are more of a fit for our culture and our team. You're going to help us. You're going to, we're not going to have maybe some of the other issues. And so we would like to offer you the job. It's confidence in the Lord. You've seen God work a miracle here and you've seen God work a miracle here and you've seen God work a miracle here. And so when you're in need of another miracle, what are you doing? You've got confidence and you're expecting that one is on its way. Why? Because not because of who you are, but who you are belong to and who is inside of you i love that so number one how do we build confidence get into the presence of god he's going to speak to you he will lead you some of you god has been speaking to you that you need to forgive somebody that's wounded you hurt you mistreated you but you've not yet walked out the forgiveness that god has told you to do a while ago for some, God's been speaking to you like, listen, you've been pretty selfish in the marriage and your wife's been pretty patient in the marriage. Why don't we shift the last years that you're in the marriage, meaning that you're, you know, until you go home to see Jesus, you're going to prefer her needs above your own needs, like God will speak to you those things. God will speak to you like, listen, man, you've been a part of a church for a long period of time and they always talk about tithing and even though they don't make a big deal of it after service because they expect that, you know, you're just going to come to a place of understanding that the tithe is important and trusting God with your money is important, but yet you've been coming to church for a long time, never tithed. maybe every once in a while you've tipped like the Holy Spirit will tell you that. You know what I'm saying? I love that. I don't know why some pastors don't talk about money. I love it. I love it. You know why I love it? Because I've got confidence in it because I'm a giver myself. I have confidence that it's, the, it's, the, it's not just a good way, it's like the best way. So number two, when you hear God, obey God. And then when you obey, look for the miracle because God always rewards obedience. And then the last one is this, is sit back and watch confidence build. Once again, you see a miracle here, a miracle there, God's present. I'm in need of a miracle. I'm gonna find the miracle because he showed up so many other times. And then guess what? You start walking a little bit different, chest out. Maybe you got your rooster strut on. You're walking a little bit taller and the confidence isn't in yourself. It's literally in who? you belong to the last thing I'm gonna say is this and it's something that I already shared but I really feel compelled to say it again be careful because oftentimes when people say God told me so and maybe you've said this yourself sometimes it's because you ate the wrong thing sometimes it's because you stayed up too late sometimes it's because you were watching the wrong movie and now you're stricken with fear thinking that the devil is more powerful than he is. How do you I know if it's my imagination or God's divine instruction or presence? If it's my imagination, it divides and it contradicts God's word. And if it's God's direction, it's always gonna lead to increase and in strength and truth in your life. So learn today, if you're not a person that does this, learn today to walk in the spirit of God. Get in your word. So whenever you hear a voice, whether that be from you or from an angel or from the Holy Spirit, you'll learn what's what. But this is how you know it's from God is you're also going to be in his word. And if that voice that you hear is different, it contradicts the word of God, then you know it's not God. Get rid of it. But we've gotta walk in the spirit, right? We've gotta walk in the spirit so we will not fulfill the lust and the desires of the flesh. And as you walk in the spirit, you will see that God is good, that God is faithful, and he will lead and direct the steps of the righteous. And let me tell you, you're immediately, some of you are like, yeah, but I'm not righteous. You are righteous if you've been covered in the blood of Jesus. That's true, there might be some here today that you're not covered in like you don't even know if you're saved. And I'm just telling you this, just like Rick was saying, like today can be your day. If you don't know if you're saved, I'm 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 sharing with you that it's very possible. Matter of fact, I will say it's not by coincidence that you're here. Jesus is showing himself to you and he's saying come to me. He said I love you. I died for you. I'll forgive your sins. I'll wash them away. He's saying, Come to me. So, how is this done? This is done just by saying, Jesus, I believe you are who you said you are. Will you come into my life? Will you forgive me of my sins? And guess what? He's faithful and just to do that. And this day would be the first day of the best days of the rest of your life. Amen? Yeah. And so, just real quick, is there anybody here, you you don't know if you're saved or not, like right now, like if you were to pass, would I go to heaven, or or would I go to hell? Like you don't, you have no idea. Is there anybody here that wants to receive the Lord so that you'll know today? Yes, sir. Thank you. Is there anybody else? Back in the back. Thank you. I see you anybody else like guys also in the back corner thank you so much sir so listen and 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 i just want to speak to you three everybody else you can just tune out for a second but this is the deal is um is it seems childish you mean you mean i can just say god i believe you and forgive me of my sins and i trust in the work of the cross and and like my life is gonna you know, like, like I'm, my eternity is going to be secure and I'm gonna, I'm gonna be with Jesus one day and God's gonna help me out today. You mean that's true? Yes, that's exactly what I'm saying. I said my prayer drunk in a jail cell. This is what it was like. I'm tired of my life. God, if you can do anything with it, you can have it. That's the simplicity of my prayer which has led me to where I am today. Still got a lot of work. God's God's saying, "Whoo, I got a lot of work still to do. But I'm telling you, my life looks nothing like it used to look like. And guess what? I'm never going to arrive. You're never going to arrive. But this is what I know. When I breathe my last breath here and I shut my eyes and I'm laying in some casket someplace, I'm not going to be in that casket or in that urn. Come on, I'm in the presence of the Lord. The Bible says to be absent from the body. And I have a tremendous confidence in that. Like, I'm not hoping. I'm like, man, God, I really hope this is true. Like, I have a tremendous confidence that so when you, and I mean this, like when I die and you're still around, know that I'm just fine. I'm just fine. And that's not like a play on words, like that's what the pastor's supposed to say. No, no, no. Listen. God has been so good to me and I know this that what's to come is even going to be better. And I've got tremendous tremendous confidence in that. And so, this is what it looks like to you 3. Right now just in your own words, even under your breath. You don't have to say it out loud. But just say, "God, please forgive me of my sins." Come into my life and fill me with the Holy Spirit. Thank you, Jesus, for the gift of salvation that comes by the way of the cross. You died so I can live. And now begin to get into his word. Study. You know what I'm saying? Talk to him throughout the day. Make church a priority. You know what I'm saying? Get around other people that are going the same direction. You too will see your life change more and more every day. He is a good God, and He loves you. And I want you to know that we love you too. God bless you. Thank you so much.
0: That's it for today's teaching. Hey, here's an idea. Share today's message with a friend or family member. If you're listening from outside our fellowship, we'd love to meet you. Visit graceid.org and hit the contact form to get in touch.